0: You're listening to the Disciple Community Podcast: Sermons, Teachings, and Timely Words from the Disciple Community Gathering at the Source Wichita in Wichita, Kansas. For more audio, video, and other resources for Christian growth and encouragement, visit thesourcewichita.com. All right, so you guys go to the very—it's uh, the hardest place in your Bible to find. It's Genesis chapter one, and so just for those of you who have a hard time navigating. The scriptures just open the first couple pages there so we're gonna be in Genesis chapter 1 and we're actually gonna read just verse 1 through 5 we're going to the to the very beginning to the Genesis if you will (laughs) I'm gonna be filled with silly jokes tonight so on on the screen let me kind of preface this on the screen is this phrase out of nothing something and so I just want you guys to, to just picture that. So just imagine, look, look here at my hand, and imagine that like right above my hand, some, a physical thing appeared as though it were magic. So something out of nothing. What's the law? There's, I wish I knew the law. I should have done my, um, my research. But it's basically the law that says energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It just exists or mass, right? The law of something. Is it thermodynamics? It's not thermodynamics, no. Basically, the law of science that says everything that has already been created is created, and there's no new thing. It's just the reusing of resources that have already been created. Does that make sense? So there's like, I talked to, you guys remember Caleb. Hi, Caleb. We talked about this one time. I was saying, so everything that's ever been created in the past, there's no new thing, no new mass created. It's just that the cycle of life happens, right? Like you, people that from dust you came and dust you will return. Like even you know, Adam was pulled from the dust that was um, already created. Then there was life breathed into him, so he was made from the dirt, and he dies. He returns to the dirt, and then that dirt. Um, is maybe used as a field where there's food that's grown that humans consume to grow new cells and create new mass on their body, but it's they're recycling that which was already been created. But this thought process of s- out of nothing, something, there's a Latin phrase called ex nihilo. I feel like I said that with an accent. N- nihilo. I don't know how to say it regularly. Ex nihilo. That's <laughs> nihilo. Uh, so I say ex nihilo. like in, It's in Spanish. It's Latin. So I had to put a little bit of flavor in there. So there's this statement, ex nihilo, that means, so I'll just read it. It's a Latin phrase meaning out of nothing. It often appears in conjunction with the concept of creation, as in create, creatio, creatio, ex nihilo, meaning creation out of nothing. And chiefly in philosophical or theological context, but it also occurs in other fields. So it's this idea that something is created out of nothing so that here I could take this empty space and I could create something that has never been created before and it would now exist. And I didn't use any other resources that had already existed to create this. I am a creator that makes a new thing and I call it out of nothing and something comes forth and so let's read in Genesis chapter one verse one through five and so just keep this in in mind as we read this creation account because this is exactly what God does he doesn't recycle particles that already exist in the universe to create the earth this is the God that we serve that out of nothing something can come forth and so in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth And there was evening and there was morning. as the first day. We know that creation story goes on to talk about how he separates land from the waters. Um, and then he begins to create vegetation and trees and animals. And he calls these things forth. And interestingly, these trees, they bear fruit, but they give forth fruit after their own kind. So he's already looping in this idea of reproduction and life, bringing forth life according to its own kind. A re a, a um a regenerating of self which is very indicative of what the Lord wanted to do with us as he sends Jesus to live in us and we are Christ on the earth right so there's so much there but I want to focus on these two words real quick so it says well, let's go back to verse uh, I guess it's to the earth was it without form and void and so interestingly He uses two words to describe what was happening at that time. Something was without form and it was void. He uses two descriptors. So the first descriptor is without form. And this word is, um, it has multiple meanings. I'm just going to read them all because I think it can give us a lot of insight into what's actually happening here. So the earth was without, was, was without form and void. So the earth being without form was chaotic and confusing. It was desolate. It was empty. It was futile. It was meaningless. It was nothing. It was waste. This is what this word without form means. So it means to have no purpose, no meaning, no value. It's pointless. It's meaningless is what without form means. And this other word void very simply means empty. So we have a situation where the Spirit of God is hovering over the the waters, the face of the deep. Here's this earth and there's no purpose to it. It's empty, which I I would take to mean there's no life. And it's without form. It's meaningless, purposeless, without order. And so God comes into this place where nothing is and he brings something. And so I don't know if you're getting as excited as I got when I started contemplating some of these things because it gives us a lot of insight into the character and the nature of God and I'll just give it away, what he wants to do in you. And for those of us who are in Christ, what He has already done in us. And so, I started thinking about that. We have a God who takes that which is meaningless and empty, chaotic, confusing, pointless and meaningless, and He fills it. So He takes... This empty place and he fills it up and he takes this lifeless thing and he gives it life and this is a very simple message but I found it really profound and so here's the statement that I want to make I believe that emptiness is an opportunity for God chaos is an opportunity for God things without meaning are an opportunity for God Emptiness is the prerequisite for fullness. We cannot be filled if we aren't first empty. We can't be given meaning or purpose if we're first not found without meaning or purpose. And so I don't know about you guys, but I think one of the greatest things about a Christian, somebody who's in Jesus, is that we can actually say... And I hope that you can say that you have purpose and meaning and that you're full. And so there was a time in my life where it's the most depressing, lonely, most anxious time in my life where I wasn't focused on God. I wasn't focused on my relationship with Jesus. I wasn't focused on what he was doing inside of me. I was focused on the things of the world. And I was focused on chasing what I wanted to chase and I was trying to find meaning and purpose in those things and I was trying to be filled by these things that weren't God. And I was very, very depressed and it was as though I was caught in this cycle, right? Like, I didn't like myself because I didn't feel like I knew what I was supposed to be doing. And so I would drink and do drugs and get into relationships. And then I hated myself more because I was doing these things that I knew I shouldn't be doing. But I didn't know what to do otherwise, so I just did that. But that made me feel bad. And so this was the chaotic cycle in my life. There was chaos. There was confusion. There was disorder. It was it, There was no purpose. It was meaningless. What am I doing here? And that was my question. And I think what's different about me today is that, and I talked to Bud about this two two weeks ago. We talked about meaning. We talked about how our purpose on this earth, I believe, is twofold. One, Scripture tells us that God, those that He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed into the likeness of His Son, and that we were uh, we were created in Christ to do good works that He preplanned for us, and so. In one in one instance, our purpose on this earth and our destiny is to be conformed into the like to be conformed into the likeness of the Son. Secondly, we are to then do the will of the Father, which are the good works that He prepared in advance for us to do. And so, as we are being transformed into the likeness of the Son, which the likeness of the Son is that He did only what He saw the Father do, and He only said what He heard the Father say, and. He taught us to pray your will on earth as it is in heaven. So he is sourcing from the Father for all things, for all meaning, all purpose, and all life, and all mission. And so Jesus is that image to us. And so we're being conformed into that image. And so the more we look like Jesus, the more we do the will of the Father. It's very simple. But I want to I want to go, and I want to... Uh, just real quick, read back over this so that we have this fresh in our head, because I'm going to show a correlation. So so let's just pick up right here in the middle of the screen where it says, let there be light. Right? So when God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light was good, and God separated light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. So go to the next screen, the next slide, and look at the similarities between Genesis chapter 1, which first couple of... Verses in Genesis, which is the very beginning of the Old Testament, and John uh, chapter 1, which is at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's there. But his, if I could reorder the scriptures, I would put John first. (laughs) And so, John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, look at the similarities here. In the beginning was the Word. So we now have a creation account. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, there was the Word, right? And God said, let there be light. His word went forth. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, creation. And without him uh, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Later on, we go to see in, in this, if you were to continue reading in John, it says that 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 word became flesh and dwelt among them which means that the word of god the that that spoken thing right the from the mouth of god comes forth this this jesus this light so jesus or the father in genesis chapter 1 he says let there be light essentially what john is saying here is he says let there be christ who is the light and i'm not I'm not saying Jesus is a created being, right? Like, that's not what I'm getting at. But if you look at the correlation, the light is Christ. And Christ is the light of man. He separated the light from the darkness. And he called one day, he called one night. So we have this physical image of light and dark. But then Jesus comes as the light of man and the darkness could not overcome it. He's not talking about someone turned the lights off and then now a light came on. He's talking about the world, the, the, the nature of man, the, current, the, the state of the union, the current state of man living in darkness, in sin, in a fallen world where there has not yet been a full bringing forth of the light of God. There's only been shadows that have been cast. The light trying to shine forward. So God is giving images of himself. If you've ever done any kind of theological study, there are things called types and shadows of Christ. And so there were certain things that God implemented in the Old Testament that was a shadow of Christ. But it wasn't the full image of Christ. It was a shadow. And so when Jesus came, there were no more shadows. It was the light of coming forth, and we got this full image of who Jesus is, right? And so there's still this, God sees the earth that's without form and its void. It's meaningless. It's empty. He begins to fill it with things, but that was only indicative of what he would be doing with us as people, as men. He was the light of man. He's the, he's, he's the one that turns the lights on in man. Because man without Christ, is there's only darkness. There's only death. There's only confusion. There's only chaos. Right? We're, we're meaningless, purposeless without Him. Okay, So, Jesus then comes. And so, here's, this is essentially the message of the Gospel. But we, at one time, are without Christ. Scripture says that we were dead in our trespasses. Um, I can tell you that when I was in my trespasses, in my life of sin, again, I didn't feel like I had purpose or I didn't feel like there had been light that was shined into my life. But when Christ came and He shined His light on me, in me, well, then something happened, right? And so there's all different kinds of places where the scriptures talk about light. And this, is, has, this has been something that Andrea has really been focusing on uh, lately as well in her life. And the Lord's been showing her this. But here's the deal. like God spoke forth in Genesis. said, let there be light. And there was light by the word of His mouth. But now that Christ has come, Christ is the light of the world and He lives in us. And it's by the word of the Lord... As we speak in accordance to what he wants us to to say and what he wants us to do, we are now the ones that speak light and are light in this world. In this place of darkness, we are all lights. And so we've talked about this before. Imagine if this room were completely dark and I had a flashlight and I just turned my flashlight on and I shined it as a circle around my feet. Well, then you've got one place of... Of light, but there's still the rest of this room that needs to be lit up. Well, the more people who have that flashlight pointed on their feet, the more that more lights turn on, in, a, uh, in essence, those circles begin to overlap so that everything is filled. And so Scripture says, As surely as the waters cover the ocean, my glory will cover the earth. And it's not that the Lord is using some sort of magical glory to fill the earth, it's us. And so in the Spirit, what is happening is we're lighting up the darkness as we go forward together. As He shines His light through us, we're the ones who light up the darkness. We are the presence of Christ on earth today. He's the head and we're the body. And so He always knew that He was going to ascend to heaven but he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Surely I will be with you even till the end of the age. He says, don't go anywhere till I send the Spirit. And the Spirit comes, and they began to prophesy. Right? They, they began to speak in tongues. They began to prophesy. They began to preach the Word of God boldly. There was power that came on them to be witnesses. And so this is essentially what the Lord is doing through us. is He's filling us. To that place to where we overflow and we shine out. And it just it was really profound to me where when when the Lord just said that emptiness is the prerequisite for fullness. Because I believe it is still possible for us to continue to try and fill ourselves with things that are not of him. I believe it, because I I do it. I fill I fill my eye holes. with things that are not of Him. I spend a lot of my time not focusing on Him. And so I've just, I just want to talk real quick about maybe getting back to that place to where we may have to go to the Lord and say, empty me out. Right? Like, pour me out and fill me up again. Scripture says that um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees And he's saying, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so it's just a simple deal. It's not like we have to go through some ritual or whatever it is. It's just a simple understanding and saying, look, God, I know that without you, there's chaos. I don't have purpose. I can't focus. I don't feel like I have meaning. I feel empty. And then we just go to him and we believe that ex nihilo, <laughs> into that place where we need that something. He gives it to us. Um, I want to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. And it says, For God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So there's that scripture that ties it all together. We've got Genesis that is basically painting a picture or a shadow of what would be fully revealed in Christ as the true light that has come into the world, the light of men. And then the scripture tells us, for God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in Christ so that we would see Jesus and know the true light and have true life in him.